Welcome to Weekly Grooves. My name is Tim Houlihan. And I'm Kurt Nelson. Each week, Weekly Grooves picks a current article or a news topic, and we explore it through a behavioral science lens. We dig in deep to help you understand the psychology behind that headline. The specific topic that spurs us to this conversation is current, but the insights are timeless. Timeless. Just like the topic of this article that we're going to talk about. And this week, we were inspired by an article by Melinda Newman in Billboard magazine called Dolly Parton Steers Her Empire Through the Pandemic and Keeps It Grooving. And of course, we didn't pick the article just because it has Keeps It Grooving in the title. Well, it might have been a little of the factor that went into it. Okay, so maybe we were primed by it. But more importantly, there are two aspects of the article that we want to explore. First, the article talks about how Dolly transcends generations and appeals to, as the story says, from Appalachian queer kids to Brooklyn hipsters to conservative people in the South. Everyone sees her as theirs. And we just want to explore how she does this. Yeah. Second, the article gained new cycle publicity because in it, Dolly states her support for Black Lives Matter in a wonderful way. And I quote, of course, Black Lives Matter. Do we think our little white asses are the only ones that matter? No. Okay. So beyond the fact that it's just, you know, perfect Dolly, right? (laughs) Uh, Lots of other artists have stated their support for Black Lives Matter, and they have not garnered nearly the publicity. So we wanted to understand why there was so much attention paid to Dolly's support for Black Lives Matter. So maybe we should start by looking at the wide appeal that Dolly has and maybe start with her business acumen. Yeah, well, the article goes in and and is, uh, you know, stationally about her business dealings, right? It's about how she has done this fascinating work uh, in, in, a, in diversifying from just a musician. And she started really uh, diversifying relatively early in her career, right? And yeah. she started marketing herself to Main Street. I remember seeing her back in the 70s on the late night show with Johnny Carson, not just as a singer. So she didn't just come on to sing the song and then be off. I mean, she was there and sat down and joked with Johnny Carson, um, you yeah, know. Because she had snappy stuff to say. You she know? had snappy and, stuff and, to say. And, and she had a figure that was very attention getting as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, and she also, she she expanded into movies, right? So in the 1980s, you remember 9 to 5, which then taught, you know, parlayed into a song, the hit song, um, but also Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. So, you know, she was in some pretty big production movies. Uh, She got into amusement parks, right? Bought into a small Appalachian uh, theme park that's in her own, you know, backyard in Tennessee. Uh, And in 1986, rebranded it as Dollywood. Now there's 3 million visitors a year. I just got to say, driving to Dollywood is this really remarkable experience. So I, I just, I highly recommend just going just for the sake of driving into a tiny little town and then Dollywood like overtakes the whole town. But okay, <laughs> she's the author of five books. She also is the owner of Sand Dollar Production, which is the co-producer of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, yeah. 
who knew that, right? And of course, he's great, great story, great apocryphal, not apocryphal story about how she wouldn't let Elvis sing "I Will Always Love You" because um, because uh, Elvis's manager, you know, Colonel Tom Parker, said he wanted half the publishing rights, and Dolly just said no. Yeah, and no, she was brokenhearted about that. She wanted, I mean, Elvis was her idol. She wanted to have that happen. You know, and mm-hmm. she's been very creative in her work too. So recently, uh, she just reimagined the song 9 to 5 as a birthday song and spent two days recording 847 names for <gasps> personalized e-cards as part of a deal with American Greetings. So she's expanding all of, all of these things beyond the music tim and you can talk to the music oh my gosh 25 number one singles on the hot country charts my god that's that's just amazing i mean she she has had top 20 hits in every decade from the 1960s to the 2010s so that's that's just a remarkable accomplishment that she's had and over her career she sold 11 million albums yeah. she has received over a billion on demand streams she is popular with a capital P. It's her musical career is absolutely amazing. Right. That gets into this concept of her appeal, right? So you can think about this appeal again uh, with obviously the the music and various different things. But what's really interesting is the article talked about this as that there are these fervent Dolly fans from the Appalachian queer kids to the Brooklyn hipsters to the conservative people in the South. And everyone, this is the part that I got that really intrigued me. Everyone sees her as theirs. It's like they, she, they, they attribute Dolly with their cause. And so what is it? What, what is it about her that, you know, inspires these various different groups across uh, ages, across, you know, different political spheres, across kind of cultural, you know, nuances that they claim Dolly as theirs. So, Tim, thoughts? Well, it, there's something magical about her authenticity. Like, there is this sense that she is always always true to herself, really not wavering in her, her in her commitment to be Dolly. And yet there is this fluidity in her ability to connect and partly through the vast majority of projects and uh, things that she's involved in. But there is a fluidity about her that is remarkable, especially given this very unwavering commitment to just being who she is. Right. And you think about that, though, but you think about Appalachian queer kids. All right. So they can they can associate with the Appalachian part of, of who Dolly is. You look yeah. at the the urban hipsters in New York and you're going, you know, she transcends this time. And to your point, she's authentic. She speaks her mind as she says, you know, yeah. li- you know, little white asses. Right. And so it's like she has these corpse that are just those things that you can do. And then you you, you look at that Southern conservative and it's the truth, you know, she has been an icon in country music since the sixties. So it, they, they all can claim a part of her. And it's partly because of the breadth of her work, the extensiveness of her work. And some people get to her through the movies, some people through Dollywood, some people through music, some people through some of the other work that she's done. So I think that has it. And there's an interesting piece of this. And in psychology today, they, they talk about this idea of why we love celebrities. And, and they say we love celebrities because they are an integral part of culture. Um, and, and so with that, each of these groups, each of these individual little groups, 
you know, she can be a part of that de facto culture that they have. And so she's integral to the story of those groups. She's integrated in with those groups. And she also has more than that. She's not just integrated into these groups. That's, uh, I think that that's a really important part of it, but she also has likability. Yeah. Right? And this, this is a really, really big, big part. And you, you did some research on this, uh, Kurt, from the Sprecher and Reagan uh, work from 2002. Yeah. And so they were, they were looking at various different groups and, and what are the qualities of, uh, that generate likability. And uh, across a variety of different groups, the, the top three were always the same, albeit in a different order, but they were warmth and kindness, expressiveness and openness, and sense of humor. Yeah. And if you had to describe Dolly Parton, would those three qualities not just describe her to a T? That, perfectly, perfectly. And and, and it, it, the cool thing about Dolly Parton is that all those things manifest themselves so organically, so naturally in who she is and the, and the way she goes about her everyday life. And that she is getting back to this idea that she is unwavering in who she is in these factors. And yet there's this soft fluidity about her, too. That yeah. it, I think that it's almost like a contradiction, but it's it's just a complexity, I suppose. Well, well, she talks about being flexible, which gets into this next piece uh, that that we wanted to explore, right? So, this idea that man, you know, I, I I saw this quote about Dolly supports BLM, you know, across multiple news channels. CNN did an article, Fox, you know, other news news outlets picked it up. Is social media piece about this people sharing it, and and. Why did Dolly's support for Black Lives Matter get so much publicity when, you know, Beyonce, Bono, whoever else is out there who you, you kind of go, oh, you know, they, you know, they've supported it. Even, even, you know, the chicks, right? No longer the Dixie chicks, but the right. chicks, you know, yeah. who are in that country music sphere. It, granted, they, they got a big thing for changing their name, but it was much less about supporting Black Lives Matter. They, they could have said that and it would have raised no major news outlet to cover that. And right. so why why is that? I think that's the next piece we want to. We yes. Want. So rightly or wrongly, right, she is associated with the South. Mm-hmm. And and the South, because she, she's from Tennessee, and, and, and the South tends to be associated with conservative values. Right. Again, rightly or wrongly. Rightly right. or wrongly. Yeah. Uh, and then con- those conservative values and dating back to, gosh, you know, you've got roots in slavery, right? So racism seems to be more closely associated with the South, rightly or wrongly, yeah. uh, than, uh, than in other places. And we can run the stereotypical sprint through all this stuff. And yet she embodies all that. So when she comes out and says, <laughs> I really support Black Lives Matter, that's, that's meaningful. That that makes us stand up and go, oh, what's that about? Right, but the 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 idea is that it's a, to a certain degree surprising, right? Yeah. Because we and again, it, it probably shouldn't be given what we just talked about. You know that fluidity that that you were talking about with her earlier at these stable things. I mean, she as as part of Dollywood. You know, she changed the name of from Dixie Stampede, which was one of the rides they had or one of the uh, attractions they had to Stampede back in 2017. And and, and when she talked about it, it was because she learned more 
and and when she learned more it was about not wanting to to hurt people and and she didn't understand the meaning of 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 dixie and she talked about it as this there's such a thing as innocent ignorance and so many of us are guilty of that when they said dixie was an offensive word i thought well, I don't want to offend anybody, yeah. um, you know, and, and that is so her, right? But it's yeah. fluid. It's like, I'm not sticking to my guns around this this thing. I'm understanding how this word impacts others and she's switching with it. And so this idea that she would not support Black Lives Matter, I think is again, we stereotype because of this this image or persona that we all believe and it's not necessarily true. And to your point, because she was associated with this Southern country type thing, it was more unexpected. And so we tend to focus. We have this attentional spotlight Absolutely. on things that are different or unexpected, which is evolutionary, right? So Yeah. And it's okay to, to think of Gwyneth Paltrow or Bono uh, supporting Black Lives Matter. But when this woman uh, comes out, when Dolly stands up and, and makes such a strong statement, not mincing her words <laughs> in any way, right? It was surprising in a really wonderful way. And I think that, that that's a good reason to make it newsworthy. And I think the other piece is just the words that she used to, to that point, right? I, I, you know, again, I love this, right? And of course, Black Lives Matter. Do we think our little white asses are the <laughs> only ones that matter? No, exclamation point on that, no. Uh, yeah. and, and that, but that could be a bit controversial and it's a bit of calling people's out. Right. So yeah. it can raise some ire, which again, in our world of social media, gets blown out of proportion or gets, you know, picked up upon. And so some people might have been offended by that. And uh, which then again brings up some of that newsworthiness of doing that. It wasn't just a support of Black Lives Matter. It was, do you think our little white asses are the only ones that matter? And so you're calling some people out. Which might be one of the reasons that I just want to call out David Remnick at the New Yorker Radio Hour for doing a fantastic job, a whole series on Dolly Parton, because she is so massive in in the scope of her work uh, that he did a, he did a tremendous job of um, of I you know really digging in and interviewed her over many years and ha actually kind of has kind of a cool relationship with her I think so yeah. if you want to dig deeper into Dolly specifically I just recommend going to that podcast fantastic okay let's recap this Tim first off Dolly Parton is freaking amazing. <laughs> Right. Yes. Looking back at 50 years of her work, both as a singer and actress, a businesswoman, you truly get a sense of how amazing she is with all the success in a diverse line of lots of different work. Yeah, she is appealing to people from across many spectrums. Right. And as the article stated, everyone sees her as theirs. And she has a way of transcending boundaries and connecting with people from many, many walks of life. And we believe this is partly due to just who she is. She is warm, funny, very likable person, but also that her diverse offerings and long history provide people with enough fodder to associate her with their cause. And she gets aligned with basically every group in their heads. Yeah. And she garnered a lot of publicity about her positive support of Black Lives Matters. Some of this press was probably because of the persona of Dolly Parton for much of the world doesn't match that which we would typically think of as a person who would stand up for Black Lives Matter, which was surprising to many. And surprise leads to attention. Um, and plus, the way that she stated her support, calling out white people, surely 
might have pissed off a few people and drives attention. That wraps up this episode. We strongly encourage you to go and read the Billboard article. It's fascinating insight into Dolly Parton's life, and you can find the link to the article in our show notes. We also greatly appreciate you listening and hope that you enjoyed this and found it useful. If you did like it, please share it with a friend. Leave us a review on Apple or whatever pod service that you use. But right now, we hope you go out, find your groove this week. 